Hello, friends. This is Brother Ricky Cothran from right here at Gospel Broadcasting. We welcome you to the March Gospel Voice. And I certainly thank you for being with us. The Gospel Voice is an audio ministry of Gospel Broadcasting Incorporated of Dobson, North Carolina. And we're in our final months of the Gospel Voice. Uh, in two months, in May, we will send out our final Gospel Voice and we will upload our final Gospel Voice to the podcast. The Gospel Voice started in 1999 as a cassette tape ministry received into the homes of the listeners once a month. And uh, we're in our 25th year here at Gospel Broadcasting, and it's our oldest ministry. Uh, however, the ministry has a uh, time and, and circumstances have outgrown uh, the ministry, and uh, we're no longer be able to provide uh, uh, some of the uh, stuff that we were uh, 25 years that we did 25 years ago. So we feel that uh, in May will be the final Gospel Voice, and I appreciate those of you down through the years who have supported it. Uh, you can still support our ministry. You can still be in touch with our ministry by downloading the GBI radio app. And that's in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. And then also go to gbiradio.org and you can still get uh, our ministries. And we feel that uh, you w- we will still be effective with these ministries that we have. So we do appreciate each and every one of you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the many years that we've been able to broadcast the gospel voice. And Lord, as we go forward into different things, I pray that you'll help us and help the listeners and do that this needed in Jesus' name. Amen. So we will be uh, doing March, April, and May. It'll be the final three gospel voices here that we'll be doing uh, for, for gospel broadcasting. And I hope that you will tune us in uh, on that app and also on the website. You can have access to our PTG radio, which is our all-internet radio uh, station preaching the gospel, and I hope you'll do that uh, as well. Amen. And uh, pray for our ministries here. Put us on your prayer list and pray for us in these days that God would help us as we continue to go forward and to get the gospel out uh, by means of recording. Amen. So I hope that you'll do that. And uh, let me just uh, say to you that we're going to get right into the message in just a moment, a message I recorded for radio some time back. Uh, This will be uh, entitled, The Bible, R-462, entitled, The Bible. And I hope this message will be a real blessing. I believe the Word of God is still the book for our day. And I believe that's the book we ought to go by, live by, get saved by, amen, and die by. Amen. So I hope that you will uh, give this message on The Bible a listen. I hope it'll be a real blessing to you as we now go to the message on the Bible. If you have your Bibles, if you'd like to follow with me, I hope you'll open them with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 30. Deuteronomy, chapter number 30 in the Old Testament. And I want to read some verses to you today. We begin at verse number 11. The Bible said, For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. Uh, it is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thine heart. He said, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. Now, our fathers, we come to you. We thank you for these scriptures on the Bible. And I pray that you'd help me as we try to comment on these today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, I want to take these verses from Deuteronomy chapter number 30, and uh, beginning there at verse number 11, I want to take these verses about your Bible today, and I want to talk to you about the Bible. The Bible is the most blessed book on earth. The Bible is 1,189 chapters. It's 39 books of the Old Testament, 27 books of the New, has over 31,000 verses, and somebody has said over 700,000 words in the Bible. The Bible is a book that everybody ought to read through at least one time in your life if you're a born-again believer, and I believe you ought to read it through more than that. The Bible is a book that is alive. It is different than any other book in that you can read a newspaper today and tomorrow that newspaper is old. You'll throw it in the trash. But you could take John 14, for example. You could read John 14 for 30 days in a row, the entire chapter, 
And if you would take a notebook and a pen, you'd get something new out of that every day. Why? Because Hebrews said this book is quick. This book is alive. This book is the book of salvation. This book is, is Jesus Christ written down. The Bible said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, I want to begin looking here in, in these verses, in verse number 11, and I want to show you some things about the Bible today. Just want to show you some things about it. All right, first of all, I want you to look at verse 11. For this commandment, which I command thee this day. I want you to look at that word, thee, T-H-E-E. Now, the Bible is an individual book, and I'll, I'll get to this more later as, I, as we get into the message. The Bible is for you and me. The Bible is for everybody. Now, in America, we're privileged in that everybody has a copy of the Bible. Many of you have more than one Bible in your home. Many of you do. Many of you do. And, uh, and we have it on our phones. We have it on, uh, uh, you, can get it, you, can get, you can get it on smart TV. You can dial it up. It'll read it to you. Certain uh, apps will. And we have no excuse for not knowing the Bible. And yet, in our day of enlightenment and in our day of education, we know less about our Bible than our forefathers just 50 years before us. And yet, friend, the Bible is the greatest book there's ever been. Uh, our our uh, founding fathers founded this nation on the Bible. 44% of the founding fathers' quotes were from the Bible. 1803, Thomas Jefferson used the Bible in the Washington, D.C. school system as the, as the textbook for public education. And the Bible is an individual look. The Bible is for you. The Bible is for me. The Bible is not for somebody else to try to explain it to me. Now, we have preachers that explain the Bible to us, but you need to have an individual relationship with the Bible. I'll give you a quick story, and I've got to make it quick. When I was a young man, my mama bought me a Bible that I could not read because of my eyesight. A few years later, we got a new pastor in our church, and he brought me my first giant print Bible that I could read. And his requirement was a chapter a day, that I read a chapter a day in that Bible. And my friend, that shaped me, that molded me, that started my individual relationship with God through the Bible. Now, my friend, you need, you need to have the Bible is for you. The Bible's not just for your preacher. The Bible's not just for your Sunday school teacher. The Bible's for you. The Bible, you say, preacher, I can't read good. Well, that's all right. Nobody will hear you. You get off in the corner and read. By the way, there's one fellow said the way he learned to read was reading the Bible. The Bible is the greatest book ever. Amen. The Bible is individual. Notice again, when you see the word thee in the Bible is an individual word. Verse number 11, for this commandment, which I command thee this day, thee. Uh, God wants uh, the Bible to be for you and me, everybody. All right. The Bible is individual. Now, the second thing I want you to notice, look back in verse number 11, if you would, too. The Bible said, it is not hidden from thee, individual, individual. It is not hidden from thee. You're an individual person. This Bible is not hidden from you. Now, wait a minute. This Bible has great mysteries. This Bible has things that I do not understand. And by the way, I, I think certain men are gifted in certain areas. Prophecy is not one of my big gifts. So I'm very careful about prophecy and what I learn about it because I want to learn the truth about it. I don't want to learn some man's opinion. I want to learn the truth about prophecy. But let me say this about the Bible. The Bible is not a hidden book to the Christian. Now, God said that it's not hidden. He told the children of Israel, said, this word I'm going to give you, it's not hidden from you. This Bible is not some great uh, thing that, that you have to just, uh, uh, that, you know, that, in other words, that you can never get light on. You can understand the Bible. Now, you may not understand it as far as knowing everything about, uh, uh, I don't think there's one, let me, let me rephrase it. I don't think there's one individual in the world that's saved by grace, that knows everything they ought to know about their Bible. I don't think there's one preacher that knows everything about his Bible. But brother, you can know this book. You can know the Bible. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't even have to be educated to know your Bible. Well, brother Bobby Robertson read 10 chapters a day. He wasn't an educated preacher, but he knew his Bible. Amen. Great man of God. Great man of God. Now, let me, let's notice 1 Corinthians chapter 2 for a minute. If you've got a Bible, you want to flip over there with me, it'd be great. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, I want to show you something in the Bible. In verse number 14, the Bible said, But the natural man, that's the lost man, the man that's not saved, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, the Bible's not hid from a Christian. Let me say the Bible is hid from a lost man. Let me say that if you are a sinner, if you've never come under the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, then you do not know your Bible. I'll just tell you, you may think you know your Bible. 
but you don't know your Bible. Because the Bible is a book of spirituality. You see, that's where many people fail. That's where many people, even in our Christian uh, fundamental realms today, fail because they try to understand the Bible in the flesh. You'll never understand this Bible in the flesh. You can't put science. You can't put the Bible into science. It won't fit. The Bible does not fit science. You must make science fit the Bible. Uh, you, you cannot put uh, 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 the Bible into salvation. In other words, uh, uh, you say, well, I'll get to heaven this way and that way. No, sir. You've got to put salvation in the Bible. Amen. And when everything's in the Bible, when the Bible's the main book, when the Bible's the main authority, now a Christian can understand truths in the Bible. And I began reading that little uh, that Bible that preacher gave me. And boy, I'll tell you what, I walked through the Red Sea with Moses and helped Noah build the ark. And uh, I mean, I mean, just come through the whole Bible and, and thank God that it, it shaped me. It did something to me. My mama would help me read a chapter a night. And then I began to want to read more. The Bible's like water. The more water you drink physically, the more water you will want. The less water you drink physically will be the less water that you will want. Okay? If you don't drink water, you won't want water. Now, the Bible is the same way. The more Bible you read, the more Bible you'll want to read. The more Bible you meditate in, the more you'll want to meditate in. You see, what needs to happen in your heart and in your soul today is an awakening for the Word of God. God, just go get your Bible down. Amen. And instead of spending 30 minutes watching the TV, spend it in your Bible. Spend it knowing about eternal things and what God's going to do. This Bible will shed so much light. This, this Word of God is not hid from you. The Bible said the Bible is not hidden. We look at the Bible as some great book that we dare not touch. That's not what God meant. Now, wait a minute. We're not bringing this book down on our level. No, sir. No, sir. It is a holy book. It is God's book. And we're not going to bring that down on our level. But I want to tell you, this Bible is not hidden from you. Grandma, you can understand the Bible. Grandpa, you can understand the Bible. Teenager, you can understand the Bible. I've told the story on the radio before. I was pastoring a church, and I asked a question from the book of Hebrews, which is a hard book for me. None of my adults couldn't answer it. My church leaders couldn't answer it. An eight-year-old girl in the congregation at that time, she's grown now, but eight-year-old girl answered my question in the book of Hebrews. Don't ever let the devil tell you this lie that your kids ain't listening. Amen. They're listening to the Bible. They're listening to the Word of God. This Bible's not hid. This Bible, anybody who wants to know about the Bible, God will teach them the Bible. Amen. This Word of God is not hid from you. Amen. Now, let me say this to you, that uh, the Holy Spirit has got to be your teacher of the Bible. Now, you can read commentaries, and that's good. Uh, that, but I want, you, I want to remind you of something. Commentaries are written by men. The difference in the Bible and commentaries is the Bible's inspired by God. Commentaries are written by men. Now, so when you begin to read the, read the commentary, if you're not careful, you'll say, oh, this is a great man, and you'll take his view above everybody else's. Take the Bible's view. Compare Scripture with Scripture. Don't ever build anything on one verse of Scripture. Don't ever do that. Don't build anything on one verse. Take the entire, because you could take verses out of context. You, you've heard the old illustration about how the, the fellow said he's going to open his Bible, and where it landed, he's going to preach from it. And so it landed on Judas Iscariot, went out and hanged himself. He said, I don't like that, so that's depressing. Let me flip it open again. Uh, he landed on a portion of Scripture said, Go and do thou likewise. He said, I don't believe I like that. He landed on another portion of Scripture said, What thou doest, do quickly. Now, if you put those three verses together, you go out and kill yourself. And those verses are not meant to be put together. Let me tell you something, my friend. You have to rightly divide the Word of God, and that comes from studying the Bible. It comes, and this Bible's not hid from you. It comes from meditating in the Bible. The greatest form of study is meditating. Just read it and then see what it says. Now, I'm not against commentaries. Commentaries are fine. But let the Holy Spirit be your main teacher. Let Him guide you. Pray the Psalm 119.18 prayer. The Psalm 119.18 prayer. Here it is. Open thou, singular, one God, mine eyes that I, individual, may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Open mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Pray that prayer. If you're a new Christian, new convert, start in the book of John, the gospel of John, start in the writings of John over the first, second, and third John. Read, read all those. And, and, and pray, and pray, and ask God to help you open the Scripture. Now, the Holy Spirit's our teacher. In uh, John fourteen twenty six, the Bible said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father will, uh, excuse me, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Uh, the Bible said, Whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, Jesus spoke to them the Word of God. Now, here's the way it works. When you listen to a preacher preach, and you learn a truth, or you read the Bible, and you're reading it, and you learn a truth, the Holy Spirit puts that in your mind, and, and later He will bring that back to your remembrance, what you have learned. I learned things as a young preacher, 20-some-year-old, and the Holy Ghost brings them back to my mind this day. Now, listen to me. The Holy Ghost will only bring to you. Now, He's all He's God. He's as much God the Father, He's as much as God the Son, but, the, but He will only, and He could make you know the entire Bible but, and memorize it, but He don't do that. He only will bring to your attention how much you have heard. You see, every, everybody's in, individual. That's why some folk have not grown as much as others. You, you look around in the church and you say, well, why is Jack not living as straight as Bob does? Well, Jack's not grown in his Bible. Bob's in his Bible, Jack's in his TV. You know, Bob, Bob's in the book and Jack's in a different book, you know. And, and uh, Bob, Bob's, Bob's reading the Bible and Jack's on his phone playing a game, you see. And so uh, what I'm saying to you is this, he's not grown in the Lord. So it's individual. And, and so what God is saying here, the Holy Spirit will teach you. Remember what the Bible said in Romans chapter number 10, So then faith cometh by hearing, uh, verse 17, and hearing by the word of God. Your faith is built up when you hear the Bible preached. When you hear the Word of God, it builds up your faith, you see. And so when you hear it preached, it builds up your faith, all right? So the Word of God, the Holy Ghost, will only bring back to your mind that that you've heard. Now, I believe in the day of judgment, the judgment seat of Christ for the believer, I believe that you will stand according to how much Bible, how much time you've spent listening to the Bible, how much time you've spent listening to preaching, how much you've heard, how much you know about God's Word. There are people who have been saved for 30 years. You don't know anything about your Bible. You go to church and you think you know. And you know, that sunk me as a young preacher. Everybody bragged on me. Everybody, you know, I got saved when I was 11 there in the old Ronda Baptist Tabernacle. I didn't smoke and chew and mess with those that do when I was a young man. And uh, so I, I was pretty clean. You know what I'm saying? Well, everybody said, oh, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He knows everybody. And you know, I really thought I knew my Bible. I really did. Amen. I was pastoring a church. I thought, man, I knew my Bible. I know my Bible. Man, I know how to get this done. And uh, my brother said to me, he said, I'm going up to a certain place and get some books from a fella. And I thought he was a compromising liberal. I thought, books? We don't need any books. Just preach about it. Now, now, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I didn't realize that God uses books along with the Bible. Yeah, and I can give you an illustration of that. Second Timothy chapter 4, the last chapter I believe that Paul wrote in the Bible, he's in a Roman prison. And Paul said, bring the, uh, bring the, the, you know, the parchments and the helps. I believe that was the Bible and the other books. You can learn things from other books, but now I want to tell you, there are things in the commentary you got to throw in the trash can in your mind. You just got to say, nope, that ain't it. I was reading after a man one day, and the man said, well, the King James Bible is not the best translation. When they say that, throw it in the garbage can. Forget that. Move on. But the Bible is for you. The Bible is individual. The Bible is not hidden from you. You can know your Bible. You need a thirst for your Bible. Young people, young boy, instead of having a, a, a thirst for all these other things, why don't you develop a thirst for the Bible? Would you open it up and just see what's in it? Young person, you're in the youth group. You go singing in the youth choir. You participate in all the youth events. But I want to ask you a question. How much are you in your Bible? Sunday school teacher, you get that little quarterly every Sunday, and that's okay. And you use that, but you read it off, and you never study your Bible. How much better would it be if you knew your Bible? I want to ask you a question. If a Marine didn't know any more about his gun than you do your Bible, could he defend himself in this nation? Now, I'm going to ask you that again. If a Marine didn't know any more about his gun than you do your Bible, could he defend himself and this nation? Now listen, brother, we've got to defend ourselves against the devil. And you better, if Jesus, he, and he's God, he is the word, but he defeated the devil in Matthew chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 4 with three partial verses of Scripture. All right? So now if he, if he did, did that, then my friend, we ought to be able to know the Bible to defeat the devil. Amen? That's right. We ought to be able to defeat the, Bible, the, the devil with the Bible. Right? The Bible is not hidden. Now, number three, 
I want you to notice another thing. In verse 11, he said, neither is it far off. I want you to notice that neither is it far off. Now, to get the definition of the word far, I want you to notice what that word far means. It means distant. It means in any direction separated by a wide space from the place whence one is. Now, there is a religion that teaches, and there may be more religions than this, that, that, that you don't have to have a Bible. They will interpret it for you. And they'll tell you what it says. Well, the Bible said here, my word's not, he said, it's not far off. In other words, you don't have to go through 10 men to learn the Bible. You don't have to go through your preacher to learn the Bible. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I believe in preaching. I believe preaching is the number one thing. And I believe if you've got a good God-fearing man that feeds you and preaches you the Bible, you need to listen to that man. But what I'm saying is you can learn it on your own. It's not far off. It's not some kind of book that's just mystical. But it's right there with you. And, you, and it's not, you don't have to go through some man to know the Bible. Now, any religion that'll tell you you don't need a Bible, they'll tell you they'll interpret it for you. Let me tell you what, they've got power over you. But you see, God, God exercised a free will with man. Every man can grow as he studies in the Bible. The Bible is liberating. If you have a copy of the King James Bible, the authorized King James Bible, then you have the Book of Liberty. And you don't have to worry about some man's interpretation. The Bible said that the Scripture of no private interpretation. The Word of God is not far off, you see. And we shouldn't try to make it far off to people. Amen. The Word of God is right there near you. And you can reach out and grab it. Amen. So if you're in some kind of religion and they tell you, oh, no, you don't need a Bible. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you what to think and what to do. No, friend, that's communism. Amen. You get away from that. Get away from that. And you get in, uh, amen, the Bible-believing church where we freely uh, distribute Bibles, give Bibles, and we encourage you to read from the Word of God. Amen. Read your Bible. The Bible's not far off. The Bible's not. You don't have to go through some man to get your Bible. It's not far off at all. Amen. That's right. And I want you to understand that. And because many people feel like it's a book that, that they can't read. Remember, it's not hid from you. It's not far off. It's individual. Amen. God wants us to know His Word. Now, let me tell you what Job said. The Bible's not, by the way, the Bible again is individual for you to learn. So what you need to do is, is realize that you don't have to have some man. You start reading it yourself. I know, I know people that, I've heard testimonies of people that didn't have a Bible, and they didn't know anything about God, and they started reading the Bible and they got saved. You see, when you read the Bible, you will understand God's salvation plan. And it won't be long till you'll be saved by the grace of God. You read the Bible long, you'll be saved. Amen. But let me show you what Job said. Job said this in chapter 23 of verse number 12. He said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. He said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job said, In other words, I've got to have the Bible. He said, I put the Bible above eating. He said, I've got to have the Bible. The Bible is more important than me. Than, you know what I did this morning? I got up. First thing I did was eat a meal. You know, I did it for two or three reasons. Number one, for nourishment. Number two, because I, I would be hungry. And number three, I was taking some medicine I had to eat, eat on, amen, food on. And um, so here's the thing about that. Uh, but he said, I uh, esteem the Bible more than my necessary food. The Bible's not far off. It's not, it's not some other man interpreting. Your preacher will not be able to give you everything you need to know. Now, I know, you know, and I, I'm not going to get into I mean, I, I thank God for good feeding preachers that feed their congregations. But if he's a good man of God, and if he's God's man, he'll be honest, and he'll tell you, I can't give you everything. And three, three times a week, I can't give you everything you need to know. You need to study it for yourself. You see, I, I don't ever get under a preacher that don't want you to study the Bible. Well, I'll tell you what to think. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Let the Bible tell you what to think. Let God. Now, listen, I'm not talking about being a rebel. I'm not talking about being not under the authority of the local church. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm not talking about not being authority under your pastor. I'm not talking about that at all. We have a mentality in fundamentalism. Well, I don't need any preacher. I'll just go by God. Well, now, wait a minute. You'll find that God works through the preacher also. And And Paul said, be you followers of me. It is scriptural to follow the preacher. It's not scriptural to worship him. But here's the deal. The Bible's not far off. I want you to get that. It's not, it's not through some man, uh, as I said. There's religion that 
uh, prohibits their people or discourages them from reading the Bible. You come to our church and we'll tell you what's what and you don't need to read the Bible. Well, you don't need to be mixed up in something like that. Everybody needs a Bible, just like every hunter needs a gun. I wouldn't go coon hunting with George and uh, me not have a gun. George, well, George, I see a coon. Let me borrow your gun right there. No, I want my own. If I'm going to hunt, I want my own gun. If I'm going to fish, I want my own reel. Amen. If I'm going to be a preacher, if I'm going to be a Christian, I want my own Bible. How about that? Amen. I love my Bible. I'm very, very careful about my Bible. I keep my Bible with me. I love my Bible. When I go to church, I, I love my Bible. Take my Bible. By the way, I take my Bible every time I go to church. I don't walk in the church and say, well, I forgot my Bible. No, sir, your Bible's your sword, your Bible's your tool, your Bible's your weapon, and it ain't far away. I just want you to know that it ain't hidden from you. I mean, there are great mysteries that you may not understand. You may have to pray. You may have to seek God. You may have to seek others, uh, preachers and commentaries and others to get it. But it's not hidden from you. It's not far away. But now let me give you another one here. Let me give you another one here. All right, so now number four. Deuteronomy chapter number 30, verse number 12. It is not in heaven... That thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? He said, Now the word of God's not in heaven. In other words, oh, wait a minute. Now I know the Bible said, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. But what he's saying is, What I'm giving you, I, I've got it right here on earth. You don't have to get a new heavenly revelation. Now, many of us men, preacher men, we say we need to hear from heaven, and we do. The Holy Spirit comes from heaven, and, and, and He lives inside. But let me say, you have the Holy Spirit living inside. You have the Bible where you are. I don't need to have prayed to heaven for a new revelation. Let me say that when John pinned down the revelation in the A.D. 90s, that is the end of the Bible right there. The Bible is a perfect book. Now, I'm going to say something. I want you to listen. The Bible is not a book plus something else. So, so there's, there's religion that says, well, uh, the Bible's good, but, uh, but our book, we've got a new revelation. Our book, no, 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 no. Your book is nothing. Nobody's book is anything, amen, except for this book, the Bible. Now, isn't it amazing that people that have revelations about the Bible or visions of the Bible, some of them will have a, a, a revelation, well, God told me, you better be careful this God told me stuff. Well, God told me uh, that I'm the only one can have revelations. Well, you better be careful of that. That's a, that's a good. If you're going to start a false religion, that's a good way to do it. Well, let me tell you about the Bible. I don't preach about false religions. I handle the real thing. Therefore, I know if it's real or if it's fake. Amen. I'm a Bible student. I love the Bible, and the Bible the Bible is not for me to get a heavenly vision. Uh, preacher, you're not to get a heavenly vision. You say, "What well, do I do? Preach what's here." Uh, many of our fundamental Bible-believing preachers are trying to get things that nobody else has got. They want the wow factor in their meetings and in their pulpits. Uh, fellas, can I give you a little advice as an older preacher? Let, let's junk all that and just preach the Bible as it is to men as they are. We have the 66 books of the Bible. You do not need a revelation or a vision. God does not work in visions in this hour. And any man that tells you he does, he is not rightly dividing the Word of God. The Bible said in the book of Corinthians, When that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. Now there were signs in those days. There were signs. There were visions. There were Paul saw a vision to come over into Macedonia. It don't work that way now. Let me give you this. My late friend, Dr. Stennett Ballou, said this. The Holy Spirit will never lead you contrary to the Holy Scriptures. Now I want you to get this statement for a minute. Now I want you to listen to me. The Holy Spirit will never lead you contrary to the Holy Scriptures. So anything you say God led me to do, if it's not in the Bible, then God didn't lead you to do it. Boy, a lot of people are saying God led me to do this. A lot of folk go out and they leave their wife or their husband. And they say, oh, God, give me the best new wife. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. If you've been married and divorced, God didn't give you that second one. You picked that one on your own. Now, wait a minute. Hold the mule a minute. If you've been divorced and remarried and you're listening to me, get in church, do the best you can. There are certain things you cannot do. But God didn't. God never goes against His Bible. God never goes against His Bible. He never does. I, I know where there's somebody one time said, I prayed about it. God told me to leave my spouse. And no, He didn't. No, He didn't. God don't tell you that. He said marriage is between a man and woman, amen, and it's supposed to be till death. That's what the Bible said. Now, God makes no 
exceptions in the Bible. You see, there are no uh, things that come up. Somebody said, well, the Bible's just outdated, and, and we've got to get it updated with our times. The Bible is updated more than 20 years from now's newspaper. And the Bible does not change to fit certain groups, to fit certain people. Uh, what do these people want to change? And a lot of preachers uh, want to change when certain situations come knocking on their door. But brother, if you're going to be a man of the Bible, you're going to have to stand with the Bible. You've got to stay with the Bible all your life. And the Bible is not in heaven. It's not a great revelation from heaven. You have the Bible. Preacher, you say, you say well, Brother Catherine, I, I don't know what to preach on Sunday. Do you have a Bible? You can open that Bible anywhere and preach from it. Now, I believe the Lord, I let the Lord lead me in what portions of Scripture to preach from. But I'm going to tell you this. You preach any of that Bible, it's okay. The Word of God will stand when the world's on fire. And I believe you need to be directed by the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. And I'll be honest with you, we better watch how we plan things in our churches. Sometimes a preacher will plan this series and that series. And I've done that on the radio and God said, no, that ain't what I want you to preach. You better watch it. Man's ways are God's steps. Man's heart deviseth his ways, but God, you know, uh, leads his steps. I'm not quoting it word for word, but uh, let God do the leading where you preach. But you have the Bible. You don't need anything else. Amen. The Bible is equipped to do the job. The Bible will get the sinner saved. The Bible will do for the church. You don't need all this other stuff. Amen. Now, I'm not against everything that comes out. Good, good literature is good, but uh, people want to get this man's book and teach from it and that man's book and teach from it. Have you ever thought about just getting the Bible and teaching from it? Have you ever thought that maybe the Bible ought to be the main book in your life and your church and your Sunday school and your kids' uh, 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 curriculum? And just, oh, preacher, they can't understand that. God said they could. God said it's spiritually discerned. God said they can understand it. And I have to take God's word over your word. Amen. So the Bible's not in heaven in, in the sense of, now the word of God is settled in heaven, Jesus in heaven. But what he's saying here is, it's not up there that you go looking for another vision. Well, I've got something nobody else has seen. Preacher, don't do that. You're doing damage to your ministry when you get in the pulpit and say, I'm going to give you something nobody else has ever seen. Solomon said there's no new thing under heaven. Just preach what's here. I don't know why people are always searching for the wow factor. They're always searching for something new. Just preach what's here. Now, let me give you this one. Let me move on. Let me give you another one here. Because, I, because I'll probably dwell uh, a, a little bit on this one. Uh, now, the fifth thing I want you to notice is Deuteronomy 30, verse number 13. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. Now, he said, he said it's, not, it's not hid from you. It's not far off from you. Uh, it, it's not in heaven. And it's not beyond the sea. Now, we don't have to go to some other country to get the Bible. Now, I'm going to say some things here, so I want you to hang on, all right? The King James Bible is an issue. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's not a book on the earth that the devil hates more than the Bible. There's not a book on the earth. There's not a book on earth that the devil hates more than the Bible. The devil, see, Jesus is the Word. And the devil knew the Word of God before God ever pinned it down by men. And so the devil starts attacking. He starts trying to uh, unravel God's plan from the beginning. So what did he do? The first thing the devil did in the Garden of Eden was attack the Word of God. Hath not God said? He's putting doubt in Eve's mind. And by the way, you got people today out there did God say this? What's right? My old grandpa, he asked me, what's right? Well, this one says this, this one says that. Let me tell you something. You've got to believe in something, and I believe the Bible. Now, let me tell you about your Bible, okay? The Bible, our King James Bible came from the original Greek and Hebrew text, all right? It's called the Texas Receptus. That's our text from the Bible, all right? It was translated from that. In 1603, now I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen real close. King James was not a religious man. Matter of fact, uh, somebody said King James was a drunk. I don't know. What King James said was to the English people, we need a translation of the Bible. Not a new translation, but one that will make the one we have better. So what King James did is they organized men in three different places. I think there was 47 men, and you can go back and do the research on this, that translated your Bible. Now listen, they translated. Now, I'm going to help you, Okay. I want you to listen to me. If you translate from one language to the other, here, here it is. All right, let's say, uh, let's say the number one. We're going to translate 
the number one. You ready? We'll translate it. All right? One. One is one in English, right? Okay. Now, let's go over to Spanish here for a minute. I don't know much about Spanish, but the number one in Spanish is uno. Uno. All right? I just spoke in a tongue. All right. Is that okay? <laughs> a scriptural tongue. Amen. Another language. All right. Scared some of you, didn't it? I didn't speak in some of the gibberish like some people do, and then they, they uh, howl like a hound dog and all that. I, I, no, 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 no. But now, if I'm a, if I'm a Spaniard or of uh, Latin American descent, and if I speak Spanish, then my word for one is uno, and if I translate over to English, it's one. Now, what the translators did is they translated this Bible. Now, listen. I believe they translated it word for word. And I, I'm just going to say this. I don't want to be hateful. I don't want to be ugly. I'm tired of people trying to correct the translators. I'm tired of the commentaries. And I'm going to tell you, you preachers and commentary writers are doing harm when you try to correct the King James translators. We must take this Bible and believe it word for word. Listen, listen. Everybody listen to me. If you don't believe this Bible word for word, you don't have a salvation. You don't have a church. You don't have a hope of eternal life. If this Bible is not true, if one word is out of place, then you don't, if, if one word can be out of place, another word can be out of place. Amen. I believe that we ought to spend a lot of our time looking the words up in English. There's a great English dictionary, the old English dictionaries, and I believe you ought to spend your time looking these words up in English. I, I look them up in the Greek, I look them up in the Hebrew, and it's fine. But I think we've gotten too carried away with Greek and Hebrew. I think we have. And I think now we, our whole thrust of this generation that I'm living in is education, enlightenment. By the way, ain't that the same thing the devil promised Eve? When you take the fruit, I'm going to enlighten you. You're going to be as gods. Now listen to me. I want you to be enlightened, and I want you to know the Bible, and I believe God wants you to know the Bible. But don't get so enlightened by man's thoughts that you can't enjoy your Bible. There are preachers today, and I, by the way, I believe in the dispensation of the law, the dispensation of grace. I, I, believe, that, I believe in that. I believe in rightly dividing the Word of God. I believe when you preach, you ought to keep it in its context. But wait a minute. There is such a thing as inspiration, and then there's such a thing as application. And you can apply, the Bible said that all Scripture is given by expression of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All of it. And we'll study that later, Lord willing. All of that. But let, but let me say this to you. that the, I, I get a little weary. Uh, these preachers say, well, this, the, the, uh, this part of the Bible is not for us, and that part of the Bible is not for us, and this part of the Bible is not for us. Well, which parts are you going to cut out and throw away? Oh, no, preacher, I never cut any part of my Bible out. Wait a minute. The, all the Bible is for me. All of it is for me. I can get doctrine from right here in Deuteronomy. Now, I don't go out and offer a, a sacrifice on an altar. That's ceremonial law. I don't, I don't do that because Jesus, Jesus uh, paid my debt on Calvary's cross. My sins are under the blood. They're not covered. They're tucked away in the New Testament. But let me tell you something. There are certain things in the Old Testament. Thou shalt not steal is still good. Thou shalt not commit adultery is still good. What's wrong with that? Oh, but that's under the law. Well, it says the same thing in the New Testament. Matter of fact, Paul writes a lot about sexual sins in his, in his epistles that we stay away from. The epistles are getting to where they're not preached on as much in our churches anymore. And they tell you how to live. People do not want to be told how to live right. And so a lot of preachers have figured out a way to, uh, by, by nitpicking the Bible and tearing it apart, uh, they don't have to preach sin and, and they say, well, this is not for our day and that's not for this day. The Bible's for everybody. Now, I'm going to say this about the, about the Greek and the Hebrew. Somebody said, well, now, I don't go by the King James translation. I go by the original Greek and Hebrew text. Let me say something to you, buddy. You don't have them. What I do have is a King James Bible, but I don't have the original Greek and Hebrew text. I don't, I don't even know where to go get them. They're not beyond the sea. I'm not to go to Israel hunting down the text from my Bible. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration. Now, I'll use this again in another message. But uh, uh, 700 years after the book of Isaiah, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he opened the Bible. He called it Scripture. It had been translated into Aramaic, and he read from it and called it Scripture 700 years later. Now, here's the deal. God has preserved a book, and it's not beyond the sea. It is right here. And I suggest that we, as fundamental Bible preaching, God-called men, get back to preaching this book. 
I suggest that we junk the other philosophies and preach this book. I mean, preach hell hot, sin black, heaven sweet, the Bible right. Preach all the cats of the God. We don't have to do it mean. We're not Elijah. We don't have to. We don't have to come and 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 and. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not down to Elijah. He's a great man. In the Bible. Some preachers think they're Elijah. You're not Elijah. You're you. I mean, I'm not John the Baptist. I'm me. But I believe there's a, there's a great need for our preachers today to get back acquainted with just the the Bible. The Bible. I think some men study so much and they get so many men's opinions in their head. They don't. By the way, uh, you can't do anything with a man that knows what he believes. I know what I believe. Amen. You're not going to change my mind on the doctrines of the Bible. I know what I believe about the Bible. And let me tell you something. Man can mess you up. Now, I have commentaries, but I'll tell you the truth. In this day, I'm probably reading less of them and more of the Bible. Now, they're good. They're helpful in some areas. They're helpful. But the Bible is not beyond the sea. We're not looking for the manuscripts. And if you do that all your life, you'll never enjoy growing. You'll never enjoy leading people to the Lord. You'll never enjoy living for God, always looking for something different. Take your King James Bible. The words, with an S on the end of it, of the Lord are pure words. Take every, I believe every word in the Bible. Every one of them. That's why when I read a commentary, it says, well, the King James shouldn't have said that. Well, that irritates me. It should have said it. It's okay. It's all right. The English language is a beautiful language. Did you know more people in the world speak English than any other language? Did you know that? So let me tell you, I'm not going to be ashamed of my language. I'm not going to worry about it. And I'm not going to be ashamed of my Bible. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit teach me. Yes, I'll use some helps, but I'm going to let, as as a general rule, the Holy Spirit teach me the Bible. It's not far away. It's not hid from me. It's not beyond the sea. No, sir. Now let's go on. Let's look. Let's look on. All right, number six, Deuteronomy thirty, verse number fourteen. But the word is very nigh unto thee. You have it right here. You don't have to wait for the somebody to bring it. Oh, guess what, uh, Jim? We found the, the we found the scrolls with the original Greek and Hebrew. Well, you couldn't read it if you had it. You better just take your King James Bible and enjoy it. We you know you know we got to support missions, start churches, get people saved. We need to get our emphasis back on that stuff. Oh, preacher, that's so elementary. Yeah, and praise the Lord for it. We was better off when we started churches. You know, you don't even hear telling people starting churches anymore. You know that? We need some churches started. We need some missionaries sent. We need some people to get saved again. We need some shouting and praising God in our churches again. We need some uh, good old Bible singing again. We need to get back to the basics of fundamentalism again. Amen. And the way you do it is get back to your Bible and realize your Bible is right here. It ain't far away. It ain't hid. It ain't beyond the sea. You got it right here. You got everything in that book that God wants you to know right there. You don't have to study science. I'm not going to study science. And by the way, I'll just say it. I'm not going to get into these debating programs on the radio. And I'm not airing a bunch of that stuff on our radio stations where you sit and debate the Bible back and forth with some lost professor. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adopt the philosophy of Lester Roloff. The hour is too late to debate, and the world is too cold not to be bold. Amen. I'm not a debating man. I'm a preaching man. I'm the man of God. I'm the man God called to preach this book. And I'm going to preach it to my generation and to my day. And I'm going to tell you, get back to the King James Bible. Quit trying to tear it apart. Quit trying to rearrange it. Quit trying to change it. Amen. And get back to using it and practicing it and doing it. Amen. And the Bible's very nice. Go get your Bible and hug it. Go get your Bible and kiss it. Go get your Bible and open it and read it. It's very nigh to thee. You got it right there. Hebrews said this. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Well, let me stop right there. I already covered this, but that's, that's the Holy Spirit of God. The more you study the Bible, He writes it in your mind. He puts it in your heart. Young people, you better get this Bible in your heart. Don't get some philosophy in your heart. Don't get some college philosophy in your heart. Don't get some gimmick in your heart. Well, if I can just get get a get some big thrill, I can build a big church. You build it on a hot dog, you'll have to give them a hamburger. Amen. Just junk that stuff and build it on the Bible. Do what God said. Saul was so fleshed in his kingdom. And his men were a bunch of cowards. He was a coward. And it started from the top down. And they're out there facing the giant. And there's a valley in between them. And you know what Saul did instead of going out there and fighting? He introduced one of the uh, craziest gimmicks you ever seen in Israel. I- I'm against the gimmicking mess. I'll be honest. I wish some of you preachers would get out of that mess. Amen. And just preach the Bible. Preach the Word of God. Amen. 
and listen, preach the Word of God. It'll do it. And you know what happened? Saul was a fleshly king, and he grabbed a gimmick, and he said, man, the, the one that goes and kills that giant said, I'm going to give him my, my daughter, and I'm going to give him rich. Well, he lied. He lied up and down and sideways. Amen. I mean, Merab, David killed Goliath. By the way, some of these gimmicks are a bunch of lies, too. You'll find out that. Amen. I don't, I don't use them. I use the Bible. The Word of God. Amen. You say, Where's it? it's right here with you. The Bible's the book you can carry to church. The Bible's a book that you can read on your phone. The Bible's a book you can take anywhere with you. The Bible's God's book. Amen. And he said, where's it at? He said, it ain't beyond the sea. It ain't far away. It ain't up in heaven. But it's right here. You have it right here. You got it right here. Thank God for my Bible. Boy, I got a lot of Bibles. I love my Bibles. I, I've got the Bible that I preached my first sermon out of. My daddy bought me that, my little red-back Bible. I've got that Bible that preacher gave me. It's tore all to pieces. Don't even have a front cover and a back cover. Still got it. I've got my mama's little white Bible. It's, whoo, glory to God. Started taking the church when she got saved. And we burned, uh, we burned old wood in the house and the old soot and the, and the smoke. It blackened that white Bible. And I still got it. Boy, I thank God. For I got my daddy's little green Bible. Mama bought him in 1977. I've got his, I've got his Bible. Amen. I love Bibles. Thank God I, w- I got some of my boyhood, childhood preaching Bibles. I love them. But I got one Dr. Sattler signed. Took a fourth of a page. I love it. Amen. I love it. Thank God I love it. Now, let me show you something. I got to move on here. Let me show you Ephesians 16, excuse me, Ephesians 6 and verse 17. The Bible says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, the, the Word of God is nigh thee. It's right here. Take the Word of God. It's the Spirit sword. Preacher, if you want to see God do something in your church, and you may not see it the way you want to see it, but if, you'll see, if you want to see God do something spiritual in church, here's what you do. Take that sword Sunday morning, and let the Spirit do the cutting. Not you. Not you. Oh, I praise God. I'm upset all week. And, and old Bob's a sinning and Susan's a sinning. Boy, I've got me some scriptures. And, and Sunday morning, I'm going to lay it on them. Well, that kind of preaching will split your church. And that kind of preaching will damage people more than that. We've had that all over the country. What you need is some seasoned Bible preaching. Let your uh, speech be seasoned with salt. Realize the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, you need to be in control of your tongue when you get in the pulpit. And preach from that Word of God and let the Spirit do the cutting. Oh, there's a lost Henry back there. Old lost Henry, he's just an old drunk, and I'm going to preach him out this morning. Well, well, you're going to mess up there. If you'll let the Spirit use its sword, there may be some Henrys and Henriettas and Helens and Bobs and Jameses and Beals and Wheels. and There may be a whole crowd of them come to the altar and get saved. Well, Billy Kelly said, I preached one night and said there was a, a drunk man come to my service, and he said, I thought, well, I'll help God a little bit. I'm going to preach that drunk man and get him saved. He said, and I preached on the prodigal son, and that man came and got saved. He said, I went back over the hotel, and I was rejoicing because that man got saved. He said, the Holy Ghost said, Billy. He said, if you'd have preached the message I told you to preach, it would have been a whole lot more of them got saved. I, Listen, preacher, it is very important that you preach the message that God tells you to preach. Where's the Bible? It's right there with you. Young teenage girl, how much do you read your Bible? Young man, how much do you read your Bible? Are you into sports more than you are the Bible? Young ladies, are you into clothes and makeup and all this more than shopping, more than you are the Bible? Are you into some game on your phone or chatting with your friends more than you are the Bible? Preacher, how about you? Where's your standing in the Bible? Deacon, where's your standing? If America's believers, not the lost people of America, but the Christian people in America, would get back to practicing the Bible... We'd have, and I mean, just reading it every day. Every one of the believers have a personal relationship with God. We'd have revival before the sun come up in the morning. Amen. Now I'm going to close. Deuteronomy 30, 15. I'm going to close with this verse. Now this is where you put it down. This is it right here. Everybody, look, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Deuteronomy 30, 15. I'm going to close. Here it is. Here's what, here's what the Lord said. See, I have set before thee, individual, this day, life and good, and death and evil. Verse number 16. And then I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, and His statutes, and His judgments, that thou mayest live, uh, the Bible said, and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee 
in the land whither thou goest to possess it. Now here it is. He said, I've set before you good in life, evil in death. Now here it is, Christian. God's never going to make you read the Bible, teenager. God's never going to make you stay in the Bible, preacher. God's never going to make a church stay in the Bible. And I'll tell you what, when you don't stay in the Bible, it's more death than you realize. There'll be death to your marriage, be death to parts of your ministry. And it's not just a physical death, but when you get away from the Bible, it's death. Preacher, when you get away from the Bible, you will kill the church. When you introduce so-and-so's book on Wednesday nights and he begins to go away from the Bible, you will kill that church. It's dead. You might as well bury it. My friend, he said, but good in life. This Word of God, young teenager will give you. I've been many young boys got tangled up with some girl and committed adultery. And uh, they've just zapped the life out of that boy. He's no good no more now. And he'll never be any good the rest of his days because he because he got to, he, he got he got took down the wrong road when he was young. Uh, he can recover and do some things for the Lord, but he'll never be. David never was where he could have been, and David was a man after God's own heart before Bathsheba. Let me tell you something, brother. Even the best men can turn. That's why constantly, day by day by day by day, you got to put it in. I got a bottle of water sitting right here, and right now because of my health issues, I'm having to drink more water and more water and more water. I got to get that bottle of water in me today. You know why? That water helps my kidneys. It helps my heart. It helps my liver. That water helps my operating system. The Bible will help your operating system. I wonder, how, how are you functioning? If, if your spiritual life was physical, would you be in intensive care, dehydrated? Think about that. Think about Joshua one eight. The word success is only found once in the Bible. Sinner friend, if you're not saved, the Bible said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You ought to come to know the Lord today. And then my dear friend is a Christian. If you're not saved, you ought to come to know the Lord today. You ought to be saved by grace today. God is waiting to save you. And then, believer, what about your relationship with the Bible? You say, Preacher, I've been saved 20 years. I've never made the Bible. My friend, you ought to start reading. It's not hid from you. You can pray in the Holy Ghost will help you understand it, our Heavenly Father. I want to thank you many years ago, Lord, for my pastor, Pastor Chandler, giving me that Bible. In 1979, Lord, in April, on a Wednesday night, changed my life, April the 18th. Lord God, I want to thank you that I started with, thank you for a good old mama that's with you now, that would sit every night and help me, Lord, build the ark with Noah, walk through the Red Sea with Moses, be in the prison with Joseph, and be in the victory, Lord, when Jacob came to Egypt. Lord, thank you for that good mama that helped me and encouraged me in the Bible. And then thank you, Lord, for calling me to preach. And, and thank you for that little red back Bible my daddy bought me and preached my first message. And Lord, I'd rather be a preacher of this book than anything I know. I'm not a preacher of statistics. I'm not a preacher of history. I'm not a preacher of, of, of uh, just stories. But I want to be a preacher of the Bible. Help me to be a man of the Word of God and preach the gospel. Say the sinner that's nearest to you. I'll have you will your way. In Jesus' name I pray this prayer. Amen.